0: Hi, I'm Seth Abramovich. I'm a senior writer at The Hollywood Reporter. And I'm Chip Pope. Not a senior writer still. We're a writer. <laughs> still working on it. Still working on that.
1: Oh, man. Can you believe those Oscars? I can't believe... Green Book. Won. <laughs> <laughs> and also... Olivia Colman. For Best Actress. But I'm all
0: movied out. How do you feel? Oh, the same, man. It's another year where Amanda Bynes didn't win anything, so, you know, I'm over it.
1: Hollywood. Right. Hollywood. And And Hollywood produces lots of other things. So this week, we're dedicating an entire episode to one of the most formative TV shows of my youth. And I know many other people. It left quite a big impression. It was iconic. Girl power, female cops, hair, private eyes. It had everything. Well, it definitely had all those things. So that's what's up on this week of It It Happened Happened in in Hollywood. Hollywood. TV.
0: Should we admit how old we are? I don't care. I'm 49 years old. I'm okay. not one of those gals
1: that's afraid to say it. And I'm I'm less than that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when we well played were, when we were kids, there was a TV show that I think loomed large. We're gonna go in the wayback machine to the 1970s. Cocaine, disco, uh, bikinis. Bikini cocaine. uh, Ski diving. Ski diving. I I don't know. (laughs) I was a kid. Anyway, the show was Charlie's Angels. It had danger. It had glamour. It was everything I thought a TV show could be. It had a theme song. And it had an explosion behind the logo. (laughs) Anyway, it was really cool, and when we were thinking of what show could we dedicate an episode to, that was one of the first ones that popped in my head. But, of course, you know, we had to get an angel. And who's the ultimate angel?
0: Well, there was one angel that was in every single episode of Charlie's Angels.
1: Yes, Jacqueline Smith. And that's the one we got. I just thought she was the (laughs) most beautiful woman in the world when I was a kid. And I still do. When you look at those episodes, and she still looks... Amazing. She Anyway, she said yes. Amazing to me.
0: She's a piece of Americana. She
1: is. All-American gal. She was a hair model at one point. <laughs> she was studying with Balanchine to be a ballet uh, star in New York, but that's a hard life. And then she started doing TV commercials because she's so gorgeous. She epitomized that 70s all-American easygoing glamour. Then I think Paramount kind of signed her to a deal where she was getting all kinds of lessons singing, tap dancing, acting. Kind of the end of that system.
0: Yeah. Where they would groom
1: people. So she was just, you know, enjoying life. Very happy woman. And then she got called in for an audition.
2: My agent called and said, you know, there was uh, an audition for a show called Harry's Angels. It was first Harry's Angels. And it was just an open call. And I said, okay, you know, because I had gone... I had done other things. I'd done a show with Robert Wagner called Switch and Eddie Albert, different little things, you know. Were you based out here in L.A.? I was Mm -hmm. (laughs) bi-coastal. I kept an apartment in New York because I loved it, and then I had a place here. Mm -hmm. So I went in, and it was a room full of people, which I prefer than what they do now is putting you on uh, film. Film, I don't think the way they shoot, it always captures the person, and you don't really see who they are sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I went in. I didn't give a particularly good reading. It was a little, I don't know, I, for cold readings, it wasn't my thing. I sort of liked to have the script ahead of time. So I read for Sabrina because Kelly was to be Kate Jackson.
1: This show was co-conceived by Aaron Spelling, who was a very prolific producer who was about to have the biggest string of TV hits television had ever really seen. Right. So, yeah. Before this, he'd done Mod
0: Squad and The Rookies and things like that. But this was the start of ones that were to come, like Fantasy
1: Island, The Love Boat, Dynasty. He had a sixth sense for a certain kind of brain candy that just really clicked with audiences in the 70s. And, of course, this is a period when there's only three networks. So if you can find a hit and then multiple hits, you're basically the most powerful man in Hollywood. Right. But he hadn't quite proven himself yet. And this was going to be the show. So it's almost like at this point he
0: just had a 20-room mansion, and then this stuff would get him a 100-room mansion.
1: (laughs) Didn't have the the wrapping paper room for his wife. (laughs) So they had this idea where there was going to be three female private eyes. Each one had a different hair color, red, blonde, and brown. One of each. One of each. <laughs> One of the three <laughs> colors. And uh, Jacqueline's audition was the, for the red-headed character. But so, she doesn't
0: have red hair. But everyone at the audition did. So there were these uh, two Australian writers in their mid-60s, Goff and Roberts, that created the show. But it was called Alley Cats. Remember that? It was Alley Cats. <laughs> That's right. And they Alley were Cat. actually going to dress as cats? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: No, but they were going to have whips and chains. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> that's. True. I was thinking of it as like it was like uh, furries or something. It was just <laughs> they had whips and chains,
1: huh? So Aaron Spelling, you know, wanted Kate Jackson to be the star of his show. She was a sensible woman who said, "No, we're not calling this alley cats."
2: She went in and took a meeting with Aaron, and uh, there was a picture of three angels, and she said, you can't call it Alley Cats, and she said, it's got to be angels. So she really was part of the creation, so to speak, and the development of sending it to another level. Harry O. was on the on the air at that time, so they didn't want it to be called Harry. Kate did want to stick with Harry's angels. We all did, because... We had done all our rehearsal
0: with Harry, and we got used to it. And Charlie sounded bizarre. Every show in the seventies was a detective show. You know that. You know the way, like you go, "Oh, more hospital crap" or whatever you see now on these networks. It seemed like it was all just detectives, and they would have the episode titles just like they do with Charlie's Angels in quotes, right? And it's tonight's episode, a (laughs) date with murder. It was always that, or like a plane flying through the air, coffee, tea, or murder. You know, like. That Christmas, like, Jingle Bell Murders. It always had murder in it. That's my main memory of these detective shows.
1: So Aaron decided to leave all his other TV projects because he was entranced with the whole concept of what was now called Charlie's Angels. Really, Charlie's was Aaron. He liked bright, happy,
2: popping. I mean, yes, he had a departure from that. But in general, he loved that Charlie's Angels, he said it was mind candy, it wasn't meant to be Shakespeare. Just get involved, watch these girls, have fun. The lighting was not highlights and shadows and moody. It was like, get into their faces, get into their eyes, really look at these girls. So Aaron loved Charlie's
0: Angels. Yeah, there's a lot of close-ups of people mm-hmm. turning their heads. A lot of hair. Smiling. Yeah. Smiling.
2: <laughs> and I must say it was all our hair. There was no... <laughs> Oh, I wow. so remember wigs. Yeah, today it's all, you know, wigs and pieces and different things, but that was truly us.
0: Hair was a big priority in the 70s. It really they were just looking to cast three heads of hair, basically, cuz they wanted a blonde, a brunette and a redhead. <laughs> yeah. Jacqueline Smith was not a redhead, but they were so set on it that they were like, "No, we're going to cast a redhead," and they only hired her after they saw the chemistry between kate jackson and farrah fawcett and
1: Jacqueline, so the entire concept went out the window now it's two brunettes and a blonde yeah what will america respond yes america responded right why don't we get Charo in there she had red <laughs> hair right but um you kind of breezed by the third cast member but farrah fawcett was the deal she was like the Chevy Chase of Charlie's Angels. But Farrah Fawcett was a major sex symbol, and and uh, the power of Charlie's Angels and the reach of it really launched her star. And of course, when you think of Farrah Fawcett, you think of... That poster. And oh, and the hair. The hair on the poster. <laughs> Sorry. you <laughs> can do that again. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, one of my sisters, older sisters, had a head. It was like a disembodied plastic... Farah Fawcett, head where you can style her hair. It's Farah's Glamour Center, a styling head and 32 piece makeup kit. You can try the makeup on yourself or on Farah to make her look just the way you like. It's kind of weird and almost grotesque if you think about it. So it's just a head. It's with... a head with hair. Anyway, I had a lot of questions about Farah Fawcett's hair, and Jacqueline humored me.
2: Well, she had that hair. And it needed its own phone line, and it was the fourth angel (laughs) because people loved her hair. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And she didn't really have to do a lot to have that hair. That was her natural, you know, she'd come in with wet hair, put a few rollers in it, sit under the hairdryer for five minutes, 10, take it down, and boom. That was it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was it.
1: I love how I'm mm her, her description of fire's hair. She didn't run for the hills. Mm, oh, her hair. Oh, yeah. Let's explain the, the basic concept behind this show. So there's three ladies
0: that went to the police academy. <laughs> Hi. I'm Charlie.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the concept is pretty basic. They're all police academy grads, very kind of kick-ass kind of girls, But because they're women, they get assigned to desk duty and crossing guard duty, which is all explained in a very efficiently told introductory sequence at the the start of every title sequence. And Charlie takes them away from all that. Right. They go into
0: the private sector because there's more (laughs) money in the Private, private business. Private eyeing. So the opening sequence of Charlie's Angels is iconic, but at this point in the interview, no <laughs> one could remember exactly what happened <laughs> in it, and it just turned into that Chris Farley sketch from Saturday Night Live, where he's just <laughs> trying to remember what happened
1: on some form of entertainment. You know what I'm talking about? When did they come up with this backstory that was in the the opening credits every time, where you're once upon the a guard. time? Yeah. Once upon a time that was just written. Were you the crossing guard or wh- which one were you of the of th-
2: uh, yeah. was the crossing guard. I was into karate. Uh, uh but um Kate was um what was she?
1: A school teacher, wasn't it?
2: No. no? Mm-mm. Like no. Oh gosh. Oh, somebody was typing. That was Pharaoh. Oh. Kate was the crossing guard and I was into the karate? <laughs>
1: You were like a yeah yeah I was in a, I
2: was karate. They were on the police uh. Farah was typing.
1: Yeah, you were all in the
2: police <laughs> academy. Uh huh. Farah was typing, and Kate was the traffic.
0: I mean, what is going on
1: there? Someone was a crossing guard. Someone was in the police yeah. academy. Yeah. Someone was you karate. You just watch it on YouTube. Just Google it. It doesn't really matter. They they were all very capable women, and um it's very progressive. Yeah, you know, it, it got some heat at the time for. Maybe I think the term was called jiggle TV. Uh. They were always in bikinis or kind of skimpy outfits. Although Kate Jackson, as she got more agency, said she wouldn't wear any bathing suits. So she starts wearing pantsuits and really inspiring young Hillary Clinton, I think. Right. But I think that's something important to remember
0: is that these shows were on the air like Hawaii Five-0, and they always have a beach and bikinis and everything, I think because three-quarters of the country at any point in time is cold. Or and it's like snowy or something, or there's ice sheets. And so people
1: turn on the TV, they'd
0: be like, oh, people in a bikini. You know, they Yeah, see they that. want
1: the fantasy of Southern California, Yes, which is where this show is, takes place in L.A. The show definitely took advantage of everything L.A. had to offer in the late 70s from discotheques, to roller derbies, to... They're always at
0: the beach. They're always at the they beach. They find some way to put detectives in a bikini every
1: episode. But they were kicking ass, and they were doing it together. And, you know, we're obsessed with this uh, Dell test. Well, they were always just having conversations with themselves about, well, if they were talking about a man, it's because he was a criminal, and they were going right. to kick his ass.
2: You see that element in it, like, uh, they were... Barbie dolls prancing around in pretty clothes. We really weren't. We were emotionally and financially independent. We were making our way. We were strong. We had each other's backs. And I never thought of it as uh, we were exploited in any way.
1: I didn't. And then, of course, you you went on to become uh, feminist icons, like uh, Camille Paglia, one of the biggest feminist cultural commentators. She holds you up as examples of Powerful feminism. It was women working together, basically. Women
2: standing for each other, working together, making their way. Probably Kate was the strongest in that area because I basically, what that is to me is I carry out what I want to do. And so I don't think of it, I mean, you know, when something becomes so strong, sometimes the message is missed. I didn't even think we were exploited. I didn't think we were Barbie dolls. I thought we were working very hard. So I don't know why we got slammed so much. We did at the beginning. They gave mm-hmm. us no value at all to the scripts, to us. For us to carry out some of those some of the dialogue you'd have to say, hey, you know? They gave some reality
1: to it. Right. And you dared to look beautiful while you're doing it. Yeah,
2: yeah. And we were young, (laughs) (laughs) you know. We were physically fit. We did a lot of our stunts. And I just think, you know, you should applaud that it's three women instead of three men, instead of Mm -hmm. just being a nurse, uh, you know, a wife. uh, You know, we were out there doing crazy things
1: so that first season which aired 76 77 charlie's angels was a blockbuster tv smash it's huge
0: so many people watch the show like 26 million households a week are watching this that's probably
1: what a billion people not great at math basically look to the person to your left and look to the person to your right and now the three of you are the new charlie's angels no (laughs) one of you were (laughs) watching the show right somebody yeah Every week, somebody was watching
0: that show. And plus, uh, little kids could watch it, too, obviously.
1: Yeah, it was weirdly, like, titillating and yet very wholesome. Right. So, of course, as a result of this success, the three stars become megastars instantaneously. And that does something to your head. It's like you're a rock star. It's
2: like you don't go anywhere without... Being bombarded, you, you don't stand in line at a movie. You can get a reservation anywhere. You'll get free tennis shoes. And will you wear this dress? And, and do you want to pose for Hustler for a million dollars? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we said no. <laughs> and, you know, Rolls Royce, everything came at us.
1: A gift of a Rolls Royce?
2: Yeah, but you had to drive it, and you had to do some ads, and you had to be photographed. Photographed. Did you take it? I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) I don't think any of us really wanted that. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, I think it's like, what did we do to earn this? And I mean, it might sound a little self-righteous, but no, there was always a connection to it. You know, like it didn't just, here's a Rolls Royce, go have fun in it. Mm -hmm. You did Mm -hmm. have to fulfill certain strings, strings. I mean, and for hustler, we would have had to pose nude. come on <laughs> well, I mean sure. yeah i I didn't want to be <laughs> fully clothed on hustler, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah no, no it wasn't boy. my thing, but it did change our lives drastically. I mean, little did we know that overnight, you know, when you're in every in a living room once a week, you know you become. You're out of your body, kind of. You're like a property to people who watch mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. think they know you. And I had to have a nut file because people would come to the house and want to break in. And they yeah. were married to—I'm I'm sure all the angels had it. So we had a little nut file, we called it. And, you know, restraining orders were put against some of these people.
1: So, yeah, a huge life-changing turn of events for these three women. You know, the cast went through a lot of changes over the years, and Jacqueline was the only one who stayed all five seasons because she felt she, she owed it to her contract and to Aaron, who she'd grown very fond of and loyal to. Right. But uh, Farah took a very different path, and she decided at the end of season one that she wanted to leave to pursue other things.
0: Right, which I didn't remember that that happened until, you know, you just think of that at least she would have been on for a couple of years or something, but no, just one year.
1: Yeah, and I, I think everyone assumed it was to become a bigger star. She had her poster out that everyone had on their wall, and, you know, she was really a breakout. But we asked Jacqueline about why she thought Farah left, and she attributed it to her husband at the time, the $6 million man. Steve Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. Gentlemen,
0: we can rebuild him. We have the technology.
2: I think she had a lot of people in her ear. I think she, you know, she's married to Lee Majors. He wanted her home cooking and uh, being a wife. You think he was jealous of that success that she had on the I show? I don't know if he was jealous. I think he just married her to be a homemaker. And I think, you know, he was this macho guy, but that didn't really work. So it ended pretty quickly. I think her manager wanted her... and. To be very honest, Farrah did not like the long hours and the hard, you know, schedule of the show. And I think she thought, I need to go on and I, I need to do movies and I want to do different things. And And there was her manager telling her that all the time. Mm-hmm. This is what you should do. You will can be home and then you can do a movie and you can take a big break mm-hmm. and you don't have to work to this degree. So... I think that
1: had a lot to do with it. Where did that poster become a phenomenon? Was it pre-Charlie's Angels? I or... think
2: more once Charlie's Angels hit, mm-hmm. hit, hit, then they released the poster and it was hugely successful.
1: And does, does that put a strain on the set, uh, just suddenly uh, her becoming like this?
2: It really didn't.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, we
2: were friends. And if you're friends, you know, we were all so different. I mean, today we are different. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just remember when they interviewed us, the first person for People magazine, they summed us up perfectly. Analytical Kate, Flashy Farah, and I was a soft cushion between them. So we were so different as to where our lives were going to go and what we wanted. And I just remember that saying to her, I'm happy before, I'm happy now, and I'll be happy after. So... I mean, hey, that's not to say life is a fairy tale and you have no hardships, but that show wasn't going to define me. Yes, it defined me as an actress, but as a person, no, you want the best for your friend. When Fair wanted to go, I said, why keep her here if she's going to be miserable?
1: So she leaves to sort of raise her family and become a movie star and it never really quite pans out for her. She has a movie called Sunburn with Charles Grodin. Yeah, I think that was supposed to really launch her as, as a pin-up, you know, movie star. And that, that didn't connect with audiences. Sunburn, a comedy thriller. These people are killers. About a private dick, a classy chick.
2: Oh, you are sneaky.
1: And an old guy named Al.
0: First, I figure we got to talk
1: money. And she had a, a role in Cannonball Run in 81. But for the most part, the movies weren't happening. But then when she went back to TV... That Everything right. clicked. In the mid-'80s, she did The Burning Bed, which was based on a true story of a, an abused wife who who kills her abusive husband by setting him on fire while he's asleep. Yeah, <laughs> so you go, girl. Nice, light fare. And then a couple of years later, she does Extremities, which was um, based on a play, I, I believe, and it's a two-hander where this guy breaks into her house and tries to rape her, and she turns the tables on him and ties him up, and it's uh, a great kind of revenge Again, great woman power story. So right, and she did the stage version too. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was an icon, but I don't think the material ever lived up to the legend. I think right. it's fair to say. And she had a very tragic end. In, I think in two thousand six, she was in her early sixties, and she got anal cancer, and which is a horrible. No, no cancer is good, but that's a particularly bad one. And um, and she died tragically. And Jacqueline told us about the fact that she's still, you know, processing that and that it was a very difficult loss. Again, you know, we all go in our directions, but
2: as she got sick, it brought us closer together Mm -hmm. because my husband's a doctor and he, you know, was very helpful in looking at her, her case and her studies and where she would, what choices she was making. And also, I guess at that time, it reunited us in a, in an even closer way. Mm-hmm. I had, had breast cancer, knock on wood, 18 years ago. I, you know, I really f- was very fortunate. And um, so we just sort of went back together in a stronger way. Mm-hmm. But when she was in the hospital, my mother was sick. Fair loved her mother. I loved mine. They called me and said, you need to get here because she's not going to make it too much longer. And I said, I can't, I can't leave my mom. I can't. And I knew Farah would understand. And Farrah, you know, was really sort of in a very uh, subconscious state, but people were going in this close people to her. But when she passed away, I got on a plane to fly back here. I landed and they called me and said, your mother's on a respirator. So I had to fly right back. Oh, so I did not go to her memorial funeral and but i you know what in my head and in my heart i know farah i was with her when she was talking and we were laughing still and i will say that farah never lost her humor and never lost her hope Mm -hmm. and kept trying and was never poor me she did say i never thought this would happen to me you know but she never gave up
1: so that was pretty sad very tragic but uh, backtracking a bit to when Farrah left the show at the peak of her star taking off, you know, it started a protracted legal battle and she did get out of the contract, but they did lose her that first season. And so then they were presented with needing to replace Farrah Fawcett. And they came up with an interesting concept, which was to keep holding on to the, a bit of the magic. They made the, the new character her little sister from San Francisco. Who is eager, but learning the ropes and uh, sort of like definitely a kid sister type character. And they found this beautiful girl named Cheryl Ladd who looked really good in a bikini. They never missed an opportunity to put her in one. But what's most remarkable about this episode, Chip. Yes. Is that we broke news while recording this podcast. Uh Uh-huh. Because Jacqueline Smith called up Cheryl Ladd on the phone and spoke to her live for a live Reunion, reunion, mini reunion. We couldn't get Kate Jackson on the phone. More on that later, but let's relive that magical moment.
2: Hi, Charlie. Hi. If we're at Hollywood Reporter. Are you going to kill me for this? <laughs> no. We're talking about our show, Charlie's Angels, and the history. And of course, we can't tell the real
1: history. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Seth. I'm one of the hosts of this show called It Happened in Hollywood. And I'm Chip, the other guy. How intimidating was it to join the cast? And and what are your first memories of of working with Jacqueline? Why am I yelling?
2: Well, well, my first memory of seeing her was just being just completely awestruck at how gorgeous she is. Still is. I mean, I, I mean, jaw dropping. Okay, just, now cool yeah, it. I found myself staring at her. Cool it. Yes. It wasn't on for her, but I was definitely quite impressed with her countenance, shall we say?
1: So it was—it was kind of surreal to see these these two iconic '70s TV stars, both from Charlie's Angels, reuniting on the phone in front of us and trading war stories from the set. Right, mostly about bikinis. Yeah, because. That's what you talk about when you're a Charlie's angel.
2: Yeah. Just another bikini. We're, I remember that the show where we weren't even going to, we were trying, at a store trying on bathing suits, planning a trip to Hawaii that never happened in the episode. But they had to find a way to get us in bathing suits. so we looked at each other like, do you believe this crap? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that one. You had to be in the bikini. It raised our, our ratings and come on. You looked so bad in a you yourself. Yeah, but not like you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't I even want to. They're going to say, oh, and these two just blew hot air up each other's butts
0: all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like you and me, Chip, blowing hot air up each other's butts all day. It's just another day at the podcast factory. Anyway, that was pretty cool, though. A reunion, well... I feel like we're bringing people together. We brought them together, but there was one person who was missing. That's
1: true, Kate Jackson. We tried to get Kate on the phone, too. They kept referencing her in this sort of obliquely difficult, snickery way. Right. Like that she was kind of tough to deal with. Yeah, and so, of course, you know, you want to get that on the phone. Interestingly, Kate sort of dropped out of Hollywood. She adopted a son. He's college age now. She just doesn't act anymore. She was one of the biggest stars of the 70s.
2: Maybe we should call we'll come her. With the now. Microphone. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Should we call Conference her
0: Conference
1: call. <laughs> put her in. You're if like, no. you, call her, you have
2: to leave me on the phone but don't talk to me." <laughs> I'm frightened. I never thought I was a sissy, but ooh. Oh. No, she can <laughs> oh. She, she, she go she can go dark. Yeah, very dark. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah. Mhm.
1: She did mention that Kate Sort of. She still talks to Jacqueline and everything. They had traded calls just the week before we taped the interview. Yeah. So what struck me was how much all these women are still in each other's lives.
0: Right, right. Considering it's something from 40 years ago.
1: Yeah. And they, you know, they kind of talk about each other like family members, like, oh, that Kate. Yeah. There seems to be a little bit of a fear of Kate. (laughs) (laughs) But in the way you fear, you know, your domineering older sister. Right, right. Like, oh, what's it going to be like? But there's something about Charlie's Angels that, whether you were an, you were a Charlie's Angel or you were a fan, something about it is quite uh, enduring. Right. And they made how many of the first series of films? At least I two. I know they
0: made a couple.
1: Yeah. Now they're rebooting it yet once again. This time Elizabeth Banks is directing. Kristen Stewart is going to be running around in a bikini i find that hard to imagine i don't think she'll be in a bikini yeah i think this might be a more um it's grittier. a grittier yeah it's a grown-up role it's like and, when
0: you you gotta at some point you go from choosing between a werewolf and a vampire <laughs> to
1: being a detective well i don't know i have faith in elizabeth Banks. she knows how to have a, have a good time on the screen so hopefully she's putting together a great reboot of Charlie's Angels so that another generation can just be entranced with it the way we were. Yes. She'll do a good job. I like Elizabeth Banks. And Jacqueline is watching keenly as well. What are you hoping for this new film? Like, do you you even care? Is there something you hope they get right? Oh,
2: I care. And I think Elizabeth Banks is so talented and a plus. But what I hope is that they keep some of the simplicity of our show, you know, where It's really about the girls and not about, you know, when they tried to recreate the show in Miami, that was like they were crime fighters and you didn't see. Oh, right. They did a reboot. Mm -hmm. It was dark. And our show isn't dark.
1: I mean, even when
2: Drew did it, it was popping and fun and happy and, you know, jumping off roofs and surviving is a little crazy. But (laughs) I think I just want to see the girls work together, believe their friendship. Because I think that is what made our show special.
1: There you have it from the angel's mouth, the secret recipe to what what made the show work so well. One of Harry's angels, she told us. (laughs) The real scoop. Well, thanks to Jacqueline Smith. Thank you to Cheryl Ladd. We hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yes, and make sure to subscribe and swipe up to It Happened in Hollywood. Chip, <laughs> you've been saying swipe up for like five episodes now. And what are you referring to? You yourself? just noticed? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, everybody on Instagram is always like, swipe up for something. Yeah, and but I thought a, but that maybe, maybe we had Instagram. a swipe up on here. Maybe in the future they'll invent it and we'll be ahead of the game. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send them to IHIH at com. And until next time, we'll We'll see you you in in Hollywood. Hollywood.